Hello and welcome to another episode of A Scoop of Vanilla. I am really excited because today I'm talking to Brian Thompson. He is a tax attorney and he's also a fellow CFP um, and he has had his firm for about five years and works with people in the LGBTQ community along with others for sure. Um, so Brian, tell us about yourself. Hey Lindsay, I'm happy to be here. So excited to talk with you and be on your podcast. Thanks for inviting me. Um, as you mentioned, my name is Brian Thompson and I'm the financial planner and founder of Brian Thompson Financial LLC. Um, at my firm, we do comprehensive financial and business planning for LGBTQ entrepreneurs who run mission-driven businesses. And so our focus is making sure that the entrepreneurs that come to me learn, learn how to run a business that is both profitable and impactful at the same time. Awesome. That sounds great. Yeah. I just heard a podcast that you had talking about profit first. And so I messaged you being like, mm -hmm. I want to talk about it because I read profit <laughs> first. Um, I want to say like six months ago and was like a bit obsessive about it. Um, I kept like messaging people mm -hmm. that like simply did not care. And I was like, this is such a cool concept. Let's talk about it. So, uh, but I love the idea. I love that you've yeah. focused a lot of your practice around those principles. Cause I think it makes a lot of sense. And, um, you know, I work with sex workers and and um, most, if not all of my clients are self-employed. And so there is that balance of mm -hmm. understanding your expenses and how to grow and how to scale yourself. Um, make sure you're still doing things that, that you love and make sure that you're still making a profit at the mm -hmm. end of the day. Um, and for myself building a firm, yeah. I thought it was so nice because a lot of times in this industry, there's, there's the assumption that like, how much AUM you have or how many clients you have mm -hmm. is, is what makes you successful. And so for me, I was like, oh, if I can just at a small level be making a profit and I know that that's what I was trying to do, then I don't have to be like, right. well, I have a hundred million AUM and so I'm mm -hmm. successful, but like who knows how much debt I have around that, you know? Exactly, exactly right. And it's the whole point of it is really to focus on what you want to do. Um, we, we are in a world where people always compare and they always yeah. say, well, I'm not doing it as well as this person, or I'm doing it better than this person. Really, none of that matters. And what I try to help my business owners focus on is that we got to look internally. We have to first start with your mission, your vision, and your values. What are those for you? And as long as you're following those and using those as a lens for how you're building your business or how you're planning your firm, you can't lose. And uh, it all starts internally rather than looking externally to what people, other people are doing. You get to create whatever you want. That's what yeah. I'm excited to help my clients build. Yeah, definitely. Is that something? So you started your firm around five years ago. Is that right? Six years six? ago now. Okay. 2016. Well, I'm going on six years. So okay, 2016. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Has that changed? I know that, um, you know, as as we grow, we we bring on new information <laughs> and, and profit first as well. Has that um, kind of your intentions and how you work internally with your firm changed um, significantly oh, over uh, that time? Absolutely. Um, it's it's a part of growing and iterating a business. I feel like I started out focusing on LGBTQ couples and realized that that was still too broad. You know, yeah. I thought I was being a niche firm and realizing that I can just focus on LGBTQ people, but they're LGBTQ lawyers and doctors and strippers and whoever else, right? It's yeah. uh, It was too broad and it pulled me in too many different directions. And because of my tax attorney background, there are a lot of people that came to me a lot of business owners who came to me and said, I need help with this because a lot of business owners get in trouble with tax and don't really, they're good at what they do, but yeah. they don't know how to run a business. And so it just sort of naturally, my niche naturally evolved into that because I love the complexity about business businesses and running a business and how business tax returns work and how building a business works. 
um, all that is really fascinating and intriguing to me. So I've just gravitated and switched over a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, I went through the Kinder Life Planning Program and it's like, oh, I need to do that internal work and figure out what it is that I really love and what really motivates me. Um, and I was also getting divorced at the time. So I was like, oh, it doesn't seem like couples are going to be the type of thing that I really want to focus on because I'm yeah. breaking up and there's all this internal stuff around sure. uh, me not being a good partner. And so uh, it just sort of evolved into this thing that I absolutely love now. I feel like I've found my place in um, because of things like Profit First and being able to focus on the Kinder Life Training Program. It's, it's really just come into this thing that really fulfills me. And I also know that really fulfills my clients and they find it very valuable. Yeah, definitely. Um, I wanted to, you kind of touched on a few things, but I wanted to talk about um, some of that, like the the goals and the motivations of what, um, you know, what it means to start a firm and, and who we're serving. Because uh, one thing that I've noticed a lot in kind of the small RAA space is a lot of people going out on their own because they um, have a lot of, of empathy towards a certain group of people or they really want to work with a certain segment. Um, so they kind of, mm-hmm. they kind of start out and they're like, I, you know, I'm going to charge X amount a month because I want to reach, you know, maybe like this, this lower income level. And then they start going with their firm and then mm-hmm. they're like, oh shit, I can't afford to pay my bills. So then they raise it up and then they, you know, they get right. six years later and they're like, actually I'm charging more than I was at, you know, than we were at my previous firm. I just have a different focus. So, um, I kind of wanted to talk about, mm-hmm. you know, transparently, the trend of that happening, because um, I don't think anyone really knows what to do with it. We have a lot of intention of, you know, we really want to work with certain stigmatized groups. I know I do, Um, Mm -hmm. but we also want to be paid fairly and, you know, not work 90 hours a week. So um, that was a lot, but how, how do you do that on your own to start with? It's a tough balance, right? And I feel like it's something that I still struggle with and A part of it is really getting paid for what you're worth um, mm-hmm. and being able to then do something with that money or that time. Um, I do it through charitable contributions. People that come on my podcast, I give them a donation to wherever, um, whatever uh, concept or whatever project, I don't know what I'm looking for, whatever cause, uh, cause. Yeah. yes, cause is the word I'm looking for, whatever cause that they they want. And yeah. uh, I also want to make sure that I'm like giving out I have a podcast myself and I write a lot. I write, I have a blog, I write for Forbes. I try to give out as much free information as possible. Yeah. Uh, and I've had a couple other podcasts who do group work. I'm still trying to figure out how that would work, especially for businesses who really need a lot of uh, one-on-one planning. I, yeah. I just don't know that that's going to be in the cards for the type of people that I serve, but it's, it's an ongoing concern because, you know, I got into this industry, industry because I didn't see a lot of people that look like me. Mm-hmm. And I didn't see a lot of people that I felt comfortable being my authentic self with. And so I wanted to provide that space. And there's a lot of need still out there, especially for people who are lower income and are still trying to figure out the fundamentals. We don't get taught the fundamentals of financial planning and how money works. And so there are a lot of people that are trying to figure it out on their own. I don't want them to have to do that. And especially people who look like me and are in my situation, um, I wanna make sure that they feel like they have the, the proper foundation to really thrive in life. And yeah. so I'm just trying to figure out to do that one day at a time and trying things, you know, to me, it's a part of just trying things and see how they work, you know, try writing, try podcasting, try group plans and see, see what sticks and see what doesn't. But it's a great question that I think I don't, I haven't seen anyone really just nail the answer to yet. It's really trying, everybody's trying to figure it out. Yeah. Let me know if you find the person that nails the answer. Cause I think maybe they should write a book. <laughs> Cause I think that's, uh, Correct. I know that was something I kind of struggled with, um, you know, as in the past 
uh, working at different RAAs and being an employee is that um, a lot of times the ideology that someone starts with stays the same, like their mission purpose of serving, you know, X group stays the same, but how they run their business does change as they grow. And so you come into a company that used to maybe be a a sole proprietor company. um, Mm -hmm. And then now they have, you know, a team of 15 and they're still saying, we're trying to serve this and and we're doing it, you know, almost approaching it as if they're a nonprofit. Um, Because I've, I've had owners that were like, you know, we're working with this group of people. And so because of that, we can't, we can't pay you a market rate. And that, I think that puts the employee in a really awkward position of like, well, shit, I wanted to, I wanted to join this firm because I wanted to work with, you know, queer people. I wanted to work with sex workers, Mm -hmm. but now you're making me choose between, you know, kind of my personal integrity of, of getting paid what I'm worth and, and serving a group of people that I want to. And so um, I definitely don't have the answer to it, but that's something that I've been like kind of fumbling around with mostly at like 11 PM. Like, how do you, how do you scale? How do you grow? How do you, you know, like when I hire someone, am I going to be able to pay them market rate or am I going to ask them for a discount? Cause I'm doing something good. (laughs) Do you feel like though, that your clients can't pay you what you're worth? The, the, the segment that you're serving. No, I, I don't. I think that they can pay me what I'm worth. Absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that part of it is, you know, asking for what I'm worth. Um, but, you know, once I've, mm. once I've run the numbers, I've realized that, you know, the, the sex workers that I'm working with by and large are going to be people who are choosing to be in that industry um, who see it as more of an empowering thing, which is definitely a, a part of the sex worker industry, but it's not all of it. Um, so, you know, kind okay. of holding that in one hand, I am serving that, but then acknowledging that I'm not serving the people who probably need it the most. If that makes sense. This is a very okay. messy conversation, yeah, yeah. but I'm here for it. <laughs> do you yeah. find that? Um, <laughs> no, I, I... Do you find that with your, I mean, with your clients that, Obviously you are going to, or at least you should be charging market rate. You should be charging what you're worth. Um, Mm -hmm. I imagine you're in demand because it, it, from my side, it feels like you're in demand. Um, you know, is that, is that a hard balance for you to know that a lot of people that can't pay your fees are, you know, kind of at a loss? Yeah. It it means that they don't get, I think the value that working with me they would get, and they, yeah. they may not be able to build a, build a business in a way that they, they really want to. And I, again, I, I struggle with that because I, yeah. you know, I talk to, thankfully I am in demand and, and I have people that come to me and say, I really need you, but I can't afford, uh, th- what did somebody say last week? It was like, your pricing is just way out of my league. Yeah. I was like, oh, well, that's, that's sad that you feel like you really need help and I can't help you. Yeah. Um, but I'm not also not going to be able to help everyone. And a part of, uh, I don't want to have a lot of employees. I don't want to build this massive business. Um, I want it to be very one-on-one, very intimate and make sure that I can really show up for my clients in a way that feels good and feels empowering and helps them. And I can only do that as a smaller firm with, you know, 30, 35 clients. Yeah. And so I, I do feel bad. And um, then we just try to find them the right fit, find them yeah. somebody that can serve them well, um, if it's not going to be me. And again, give as much free information as, I, as possible. I write every week. I podcast every other week. Like it's, it's, there's information out there that can help you build and at least get you started and build it to a point where it's like, all right, I feel like I have a good foundation. Now I can hire Brian to like make it go and make it thrive. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think you are very good just to toot your horn for you. Um, I think you are very good at that. <laughs> I've seen a lot of your stuff and I, you know, I think there's this concern um, amongst advisors and just people who have expertise of like, I don't want to give too much information because then people won't pay me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I think that's a flawed thinking. I think it's really important to almost like put as much, like, even if you put all of the information out there, like I wrote this, um, I wrote an article mm-hmm. last week about um, tax planning for sex workers. I wrote it all out and there were so many considerations, as you know, and I'm like writing it all out and all this stuff. And it was mm-hmm. like a very helpful um, detailed article. And I was like, boy, if I read this and I wasn't me, I would be like, cool. This information is fun. Can you do it for me? (laughs) Um, so I think like, even if you're like literally like writing down all of the stuff, like I wrote this guide once for like Mm -hmm. how to pick your investments in like, uh, employer 401k. And I was like, boy, you, you Mm -hmm. can do it by yourself, but I see why people want to hire it out. Like until I really write down like stream of consciousness, what all the things I'm going through in my mind of like, let's consider these options. I don't realize how complex it is just because it's, Mm -hmm. you know, it's something I'm doing every day. Yeah. Right. It's something that it's a language that, you know, something that you're doing every day that you've done with many, many clients. And it's all new to the people that are reading it for the first time. And you're right. Uh, People read how much knowledge you have and say, oh, I need to hire Lindsay to help me with this. Yeah. And that's okay. Um, I it's to me it comes from this mindset of abundance rather than scarcity. Yeah. Um, there are so many people that need our help, and there are so many people that can learn. And even doing having conversations like this, I feel like I learn and I grow. And a part of making the world a better place is have being a space where people can learn and grow and uh, ha- take all the information that they need and run with it and see what they can do with it. Um, I want. You know, my goal is to make sure that I'm having a lasting impact on the world, and that's helping my community, my LGBTQ people of color grow and learn, and then hopefully then they impact other people and other people and other people. It's just a cascading effect. Um, But you can't do that trying to hold on to information or trying to hold on to your knowledge. Yeah. Um, It just doesn't work that way. Yeah. Definitely. Um, I want to bounce back to something you said earlier about how many clients you're serving, sure. because I have kind of, um, I've been, been overworked in the past, um, especially like <laughs> March, 2020 time. Um, so I have been very intentional with this firm when I'm setting it up and, and, you know, planning out my margins and expenses and all those fun things of like mm-hmm. what a full plate looks like for me. And if that supports what success looks like for me. And so I've really set up that like Mm -hmm. a full plate of clients looks like 50 clients and I could maybe stretch it to 60 if I have support, but just 50. And um, that is so much different than everyone else. But you just said, what did you say? 35, 30 to 35, 35, 35. Yeah. Yeah. Probably it's going to be 35 to 40. I'm at 34 right now. And I feel Mm -hmm. like, okay, because, you know, and a part of it for me was like, oh, I want to make sure I'm working 20 to 30 hours a week. Right. I don't, I don't want to overload my life. Um, yeah. And so we are in this position where we get to then figure out how much we charge based on that, right? If I yeah. want to work, if I want to make $300,000 a year and I want to work with 30,000 clients or 30 clients, that means I need to charge $10,000 a client, right? Yeah. So you can do the math backwards mm-hmm. and make sure that, that you are setting it up in a way that uh, works for you. But it all starts, as I said a little bit earlier with the internal work, what do you want? What do you want yeah. to do? And some, for some people, 50 clients is great. For me, uh, the way, especially that I interact with my business owners, um, I'm getting emails every day and doing things every day. It's, yeah. I can't do that for 50 people. Sure. So I want to make sure that I'm available and not 
letting things small th- fall through the cracks and it's just a part of figuring it out and adjusting as they go along. Yeah. Well, and I love the push of um, not to just keep promoting profit first, but I'm going to. Um, I love the push of profit first because I think <laughs> in, in this industry specifically, uh, there's so much pressure, especially since I'm in like a polarizing and just like different market to be like, well, this is how it works. If you're not doing that, like when I, you know, say how many clients I want or, you know, how many clients I'm trying to grow to people will be like, that's like, that's not successful. Like, you know, I have 200 clients or I have 250 mm. clients. I'm supposed to, you know, um, and I, yeah. I think it's, it's that I'm younger as well, but, um, there's definitely kind of like a pressure to, to not, not do it the way I intuitively want to do it. <laughs> Um, so, but for me, I was like, I, you know, I ran the numbers kind of like backwards and forwards, like you were talking about, like I looked at, okay, how Mm -hmm. much, how much do I want to charge? What is, what is a reasonable rate for this market? And just comparing myself to other Mm -hmm. advisors. Um, you know, if I was going to hire someone and scale, like how much would I need to pay them to pay them their market rate? And then does that, you know, support a successful business? And if it doesn't, then I'm probably not running a solvent business. Like my my model is probably whack. A Scoop of Vanilla is brought to you by Stripper Financial Planning. Stripper Financial Planning is a fee-only independent RAA that caters to the unique financial needs of sex workers. Our clientele tend to be self-employed and work online as content creators or in person as actresses, dancers, and escorts. Stripper Financial Planning offers advice-only comprehensive financial planning meaning that we'll periodically go through each aspect of your finances, including investments, but we only make recommendations rather than managing our clients' investments for them. We meet with clients on a monthly basis and charge a flat rate of $3.50 a month with no account minimums. To learn more about Stripper Financial Planning, you can visit our website at www.stripperfinancialplanning.com. I heard you say a couple of times uh, what a successful business looks like. Right? And I'm curious if you asked yourself, what does success look like for you? I'd love to hear what success looks like for you. Um, yeah, I mean, I, so I, oh, this, is, this is a good question. Thanks, Brian. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I think I have a very different definition of success than other people, but I do think that it relates to my client base a lot. Like I grew up in a, in a household that wasn't safe. Mm. Um, and so being in control, um, having security, like being in kind of a, like creating myself a bubble, even though there's absolutely a privilege in creating yourself a bubble, like that is super important to me. So just, um, one of my goals for a long time was, was to work from home. Um, and I have a, mm. I have a, um, cyst in my spine. I have syringomyelia. And so I have a, uh, I don't talk about this a lot because it kind of freaks people out, but I have a limited lifespan oh. um, and I potentially am going to be like paralyzed in my fifties. And so um, I am setting wow. myself up for the, I don't know if that's going to happen, but um, I'm, I'm setting myself up for the potential of like losing more and more of my mobility and still can mm-hmm. like what I'm doing right mm-hmm. now, what I'm enjoying and what I'm making money off of does not require me to be an active person. Um, and people are like, well, don't, mm-hmm. you know, don't plan for the worst case scenario. Don't worry about it. Um, but I'm like, I want to know that I'm, 
And that's clearly they're not planners because I'm like, plan for the worst case scenario. Clearly. Like, yeah. <laughs> right. And like, I want to things work. I want to know that I can still find purpose um, and success and, and generate a profit without moving. If I'm in a wheelchair or if I am, you know, if I can't move the lower part of my body or, you know, like as that progresses, if it does progress. Um, and so, but I also like, I don't want to take a pay cut because of that. Like I, I know, I know my worth, I think, um, I know my mm-hmm. worth and, you know, I still want to have yeah. value there. And I want, I know that I would like lose my freaking mind if I, if I didn't find purpose in what I was doing. And so for me, you know, working with my mm-hmm. clients and, and knowing that I'm doing something impactful, I know that that could still give me a drive, even if like suddenly my legs don't work. Um, and obviously that's, that's very different than what most people are thinking about. Um, and that's okay. Um, but for me too, like I, I, um, sometimes I have to take, um, you know, drugs for nerve pain. And so, um, having a Mm -hmm. flexible schedule, being able to work from home, not having to travel a lot, like, um, not having to work 80 hours a week is, is really important to me having a fulfilling life. Um, and I I think it's like beautiful that self-employed people can, you know, build that. That was a long-winded answer, Mm. but there you go, Brian success. No, I, especially that, that thing that you said at the end, uh, that it's, it's beautiful that self-employed people get to build the life that they want. Right. And you have such an amazing, incredible story. And the fact that you can really own it and say, this is me, this is my life, this is what I'm facing. And being able to be own, open and honest about it and create whatever you want. Try to create yeah. the best thing that you can for you when you're planning for the worst, right? My mantra is always, we plan for the worst and hope for the best. Yeah. Because um, you never know. And you never know from day to day. Um, but the only thing that we can do is make the most of the present moment. And a part of that is being present and making sure that you own up to all the internal stuff that is going on with you and your thoughts and your emotions and being able to then put that to work. And it sounds like you're doing it. I'm glad that you are out all of the other stuff, the people talking to you, because this is about you and you building the life that you want and like everybody else. Yeah. Well, and I think, I mean, I, I imagine that this is the case for a lot of your clients as well, but especially for, um, I have a lot of queer clients. I don't know if it, people know that the sex worker in the queer communities interact quite a bit, but I have a lot of queer clients and, um, my, uh, my story of feeling unsafe when I was younger or just feeling unsafe in the world. Um, it, it, they relate to it so much because they have that same feeling and, and my clients, um, that are people of color, the same thing that there's, there's not this assumption that everywhere you go, people are going to be accommodating to you and you'll just feel safe in every workplace. Mm-hmm. And I think that there is a, one of the things that I really push with my clients. Um, and then I try to educate about is that that doesn't mean that you need to get paid less. <laughs> Like, I'm like, just because you, you like really have PTSD, like I have PTSD from my childhood. And so like, just cause you really have PTSD and you're just like, I cannot deal with someone yelling at me. Like I cannot have a boss that yells at me. It just doesn't work with my brain. I immediately like melt into like a five-year-old puddle. Um, and a lot of people will take yeah. that. Okay. I don't have the, the capability of interacting with that person. They'll be like, so I guess that I can't cut it. I guess that I'm, I'm not going to make that that highest bar. Cause I think when you work in the corporate world, there's a lot of like, 
you know, you need to put your head down and deal with it. And if you can't, then like, you know, you're probably not gonna, not gonna have your fullest potential. And I'm like, no, like you can work from home and like have a very, like even clients that are just uh, neurodivergent and they're like, I need complete silence. I need no interaction. Mm -hmm. I need like things to happen exactly this way. Like that's the beauty of building your own business. Like you can create a world where it's like, you do five things a day and no one bothers you. And like your brain is at peace. You can create a world. You can create whatever you want. That is a line that I use with my clients all the time and every day. You can create whatever you want. And it takes, I feel like it takes a while for people to believe me that they can actually create whatever they want, but it's possible. And that's what I'm really trying to get, especially LGBTQ entrepreneurs of color, yeah. because we come in a space that we can't create. There's a, there's a world around us that prevents us from doing that. Yeah. I'm saying we can fight against that if we work together. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. This has been a nice conversation. I feel like my heart had a little hug just now. <laughs> good. That's good. really good. Yeah. Um, so tell me a little bit more about, uh, you know, what you are doing right now. Like what, which parts of your business that you love doing? Obviously you love working with your, with your clients. Mm-hmm. Um, you do podcasting as well. Is that a passion of yours? Cause it feels from the external, it feels like a passion. Yes. Uh, I, I discovered podcasting last year. And I mean, I've always been the type of person that really is interested in other people. I'm just naturally curious about other people and their stories. Um, And, you know, I was talking with someone was helping me write a book and they said, you should really like start interviewing people. I was like, oh, that's, that's a fun idea. And so um, decided to start a podcast and I just love it. I just love talking with people. I love hearing their stories. I love asking questions. Um, It's made me a better listener. I think that's an important part about our business, right? We need to be a good person to hold space for our clients and being able to really listen and engage and be present with people. And that's what podcasting has done for me. It it helps you. You have to be in the moment. You have to be in the conversation and not thinking about the next thing you're going to say or thinking about how you're going to respond to a person, just being present. Um, So it's helped me so much and I I love it. I love it. I don't want to stop. Um, I've done a little little bit less writing writing because I have um, been podcasting so much. Um, and I think I'm in a space where I really want to take a step back. Um, I talked to my business coach last week about taking my pedal off the gas or my foot off the pedal yeah. and um, making sure that uh, I'm focusing on being a really great planner and being efficient in my business yeah. uh, and being able to take the time of not having to push to get new clients and just focusing on how come, how can I be a better planner and doing that work around that this year. So that's one of my goals for this year is to make sure that I'm just focusing on working on the business rather than trying to build it or grow it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that one of my goals was, was balance for this year. So I, I definitely relate to that. Mm. Um, does it feel like yeah. externally, it feels, it seems as though you have found success. Um, do you feel successful? Do I feel successful? Yes. Because success for me is about Number one, the freedom around running my own business, being able to create whatever I want to serve the clients that I want to serve. And I have the most amazing clients. I feel like I have conversations about this all the time around my clients, the impact that they're having, and the fact that I get to help them. Um, It's just amazing to me that I get to do this for a living. I get paid to help people build a business that then impacts the world. Um, You know, I, I love what I do. I don't want to stop what I do ever. 
you know, I feel like people talk about retirement. I, I feel like I could do this, especially if I'm determining how many hours I work, right? Maybe I yeah. cut it down to 15 clients, but whatever. Like, I, I don't want to stop doing this. I want to do this forever. And I want to have the impact and really help people and learn from people and learn their stories and connect with people. To me, we are hard, hardwired for connection and intimacy. Um, and being, this is the type of business where we just have to be connected and intimate with our clients because yeah. we're talking about money. We're talking about the life that they want to build. We're talking about the business that they want to build. Um, and all that takes a real vulnerability that, that I don't feel like we have to do in any other business. We are the only business that gets to deal with the emotional aspects of money and also mm -hmm. the actual technical aspects of money. We need to know how profit first works, how to implement this, yeah. or how a business tax return works, or what the difference is between an S corp being taxed as an S corp and being taxed as an LLC. Like all of those things, we need to know. And I love being able to use my both sides of my brain for that. Um, it's it's really engaging. So yes, to answer your question, I do feel like I found success, and I part of my, the things that I worry about, my mind my work is I worry about a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's important for me to stay present, but I, you know, I, I worry about losing it. I just don't want to stop. Right. I don't want to, yeah. don't want to not do this. So hopefully we can just stay present and really enjoy moments like this, enjoy conversations like this and enjoy being able to be in a space that it all feels very good and very uh, empowering. Yeah. Yeah, well, and I think too, if you find, you know, if you find well working, especially uh, that there's like, you like kind of check yourself and you're like, oh my gosh, I think this is like, this is like checking a box internally. Like, I feel like this is the path that I'm supposed to be on. That's so rare. And you really want to continue to feed that. Um, and I know that I've been at, you know, I've been at other workplaces where I was like, I know this isn't it. And you kind of wonder like, how long can you stay in a workplace that isn't it without like killing your soul? Like, I'm always like, there's like a timeline. Right. And if I stay in too long, then I'm going to, I'm going to lose something. I'm going to lose a part of me that I don't know if I can get back. And that was a big part of me starting mm -hmm. my own thing. And I think the same thing with my clients of like, you can start to, you know, lose yourself, lose your optimism, you lose your perspective on life because you're trying to conform so much to what other people want you to be. Um, and it's really hard to get mm -hmm. that back once you, even like the drive for working, like when you leave a place and you're just like, ugh. and then like it, when I last my left my last job and I was like, I know I'm excited about starting my own business, but I'm still kind of like, eh, work, like mm -hmm. what's the point? Um, and I'm really glad that I found that again, like to me, that's, yeah. That's what success looks like of being able to be like, I'm really excited about what I'm doing. And like, I'm going to start working on a project. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I had someone you... come on my podcast and call it alignment, right? You feel like mm -hmm. you're aligned with yeah. what you want to do with your work and who you are as a person and what you're really passionate about. And to me, that does take work, right? We do a lot of work around what is your mission? What is your vision for the business? And what are your values? What are the lenses that we're going to use? You know, people try to poo-poo that stuff because... It's all soft and emotional skills, but that's the most important part because if you're building the wrong thing for the wrong reasons, it's never going to work. You're not going to feel aligned. And so part of alignment is knowing what it is that you really want to do and doing that internal work. Yeah. Um, so for you personally, you, um, I mean, you're an attorney, which would, would be enough. That would be enough, right? <laughs> uh, and then you were like, let's do the CFP. Let's do the profit first certification. Let's lean into George Kinder. Is this a trend that we can continue to see from you? Like, is that something that, that gives you energy to keep going mm -hmm. after the next thing? Or are you like, I, I think that I've, I've achieved it. <laughs> no, I, I, I always want to learn. I feel like yeah. I'm, I'm always open to learning and developing new skill. 
And the th great thing about this industry is that there are so many different ways to learn. Yeah. Um, and sometimes too many, right? Pulling me in different directions. So um, yeah, I and you know, I got the CFP while I was a tax attorney because I just thought it would be interesting. Yeah. I thought I wanted to learn materials. I was, uh, my mom had, my dad died and left my mom a lot of money. And so I needed to learn how money worked. Yeah. Because I didn't know and she didn't know. And so it's just like learning and growing, taking information. I just, for some reason, that's a part of me. I'm very, very motivated to learn information, to build, to keep growing. Um, I do a lot of self-work. And so that's also really something that motivates me. And um, I, again, I love just talking with people because I feel like I learn so much. I, I don't ever want to stop learning. I don't ever want to stop growing. Yeah, I love that. I did a, um, a few years ago, I was at like a work thing and we did one of those like growth exercises thing where you like talk about like the, the things you truly believe about yourself. And one of them mm -hmm. I put down was um, like, I truly believe that I'm always going to be a different person the next year. Like mm -hmm. I, I always look back at myself the previous year and I'm like, Whoa, I am a different person. Like it's all, it's always been that like, com not completely different, like still in the same path, but like mm -hmm. really changed. Um, and I remember my boss being like, no, it's just because you're young and you're going to, which I am young, I'm 29, but like, yeah. you're going to hit that point where you just are like, this is cool. And, and life is busy. So you don't need to keep learning. Mm. And I'm like, I don't know. Like I keep collecting <laughs> books. I have the stack that's up to here and I keep wanting to read them. And then like other people talk about things and I'm like, Oh, I want to be as cool as them. Um, I yeah. just don't think it's ever going to end. Um, and I think that that's okay. Like I, it's, I think we should be learning and changing and adjusting. And I, um, especially podcasting, I'm like, I'm so terrified of, um, you know, looking back at three years and being like, what was she talking about? Like this idiot, she was talking about, like, especially if I try to like talk about things that are somewhat, honestly, like, especially my business, like things that are polarizing, like things mm -hmm. age poorly so quickly. Like, even if you look back mm -hmm. on just like, you know, like women being able to vote or something and you're like, oh, that yeah. was, that was really cute. But like, you messed up so many things around it. Um, so I don't know, yeah. but I think that's the part of learning. Like if you were just like, I'm going to accept everything I believe now, then like, you're not going to continue to be a better person and it would be really boring. Yeah. <laughs> it would, it would be really boring, right. Yeah. To not learn and not grow and not engage with other people in a way that you can grow and do something different like that. Life would be boring. And I mean, I'm 43 and I still have that same mindset that you do at 29. And yeah. I, I hope it doesn't ever stop. Maybe it will. Maybe yeah. I'll get to 45 and be like, all right, I'm good. I don't need yeah. to do anything else. Um, but I just don't imagine that that will be the case. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, so tell me, um, what's the name of your podcast again? Because I already forgot. Mission, The Mission Driven Business. Okay. So people can find you Mission, with Mission Driven Business Podcast. Um, yep. what, where uh, else? My, site, my website is yeah. BT Financial. Okay. Uh, right. So you can find everything. Everything is in one place at btfinancial.com. Um, I'm on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. I use probably Instagram the most, and that's at Brian Financial. That's my handle there. Um, I do post a lot of personal stuff, but then I also post stuff from uh, the business and the podcast. Uh, again, I'm a senior contributor for Forbes. So if you do Brian Thompson Forbes, you can... If you Google that, you can find me um, and just get on a lot of different podcasts and talk to people and really engage. So I love people uh, reach out to me. If you want to engage and connect, I would love to hear from you. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, I think that's, I really appreciate you 
responding to me because, you know, everyone's busy and they, they are on their own paths. But whenever people are like willing to take time with me, I'm like, thank you so much. I love it. And this is such a great conversation. <laughs> um, I really appreciate your taking time. Uh, before we go, a very important conversation point that I always like to bring up is yes. what is your favorite type of ice cream? Let's get into it. Let's get into it. So I, when you said this, I was like, oh, I really need to think because I love ice cream and I love a bunch of different flavors. You can pick a few. I'm but not I really going to make like... <laughs> So I was, well, I was going to pick rainbow sorbet or rainbow mm. sherbet because that's what I used to get all the time when I was a kid. Like yeah. we go to Baskin Robbins all the time and my, my brother would get mint chocolate chip and I get rainbow sherbet. Um, there's a great place in Chicago called Jenny's Ice Cream and I love sorbet. And so they have a lot of fresh sorbets that are just to die for. Um, I'm not, I mean, yes, I eat a lot of ice cream. And so there, are, I have a lot of different flavors and it really just depends on my mood. Is the, is the real answer to that? But yeah, I always go to is like, I want to feel like I was like, like it was when I was a kid. Rainbow Sherwood yeah. is the, is the first answer that comes to mind. Oh, that's nice. That's how I feel about, it's funny how some foods like take you back to a certain time or a certain feeling. Cause that's how I feel mm -hmm. about. Um, just like your plain old ice cream sandwich, like the little thin ones. I just, I have really good feelings mm -hmm. about that. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's, I, I think that's why I, on a completely other note, I think that's why a lot of, um, I'm going to say humans, Americans, um, like feel so strongly about junk food is that like we experienced it at very like monumental times. Like we had this like experience at like eight years old that like, this is the best thing I've experienced. And we're always trying to go back to that feeling of like, you know, wasn't even that good of an ice cream sandwich. And no, like I've had better ones. It's just it's the feeling of it. Um, yeah. Anyway, it's, so. it's so funny though, how everything relates back to that, right? The childhood, yeah. our childhood experiences, the stories that we tell ourselves, all of our, our different trauma, even right. That yeah. affects who we are today and how we interact with other people today. Um, yeah. which is why that I know I, you you'll hear me keep making a push for this. Like self-work is so important and so important. Awareness Absolutely. is so important about why you do things. Mm -hmm. And even if it's as simple as what is your, I love that question because it brings up so many other things, right? Yeah. What's your favorite ice flavor ice cream? It's because I was, when I was a kid, we got to go to bed. Like there's so many things that come out of that. And I think you're yeah. so right to point out that we have these really connections to food and to experiences. And um, it's about living life and how we, it still affects how we interact today. Yeah. yeah great question. Awesome. I love it. Well, this was a great conversation, Brian. Thank you so yeah. much. I hope, you I hope you have a good day and I hope to have you on in the future as well. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure to be here. Okay, bye. Bye. The information in this podcast is educational and general in nature and does not take into consideration the listener's personal circumstances. Therefore, it is not intended to be a substitute for specific, individualized financial, legal, or tax advice. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a final decision.